and welcome to the Glow Journal Podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Robe Hair Care, Lauren McKellar. Look, it's a big call, but in five seasons of this show, Lauren McKellar is the most inspiring guest that I've had the joy of sitting down with. It feels reductive, even doing an intro here as Lauren obviously tells her story with significantly more heart and of course detail than I can but for the sake of the format Lauren McKellar was one of Australia's most in-demand hairstylists and in early 2022 following years of intense migraines that she had chalked up to her work she took herself to the emergency ward and was diagnosed with a brain tumour She went into surgery a day and a half later. The tumour was successfully removed. However, it was stage three cancer, so radiation needed to begin immediately. Throughout chemotherapy, Lauren was told her hair was unlikely to ever grow back given that she had no hair follicles at this point, let alone hair. Unable, obviously, to return to hairdressing, Lauren decided to revisit the hair care brand that she had begun to formulate prior to her diagnosis. She figured she had nothing to lose in trialing her own products on herself. And having sat opposite her to record this two months ago, Lauren now has a thick, healthy head of hair. Robe Hair Care launches this week. This is so exciting. I am so grateful to Lauren, just on a personal note, for allowing me to facilitate this conversation and so generously sharing her story when Lauren's team first approached me with this it was actually just for a sit down to learn a bit about the brand ahead of the launch but I asked if Lauren would feel comfortable recording with me as I was familiar with her story already and I'm just so grateful that she said yes as being able to now share her story with you feels like such a gift so thank you Lauren might also be worth noting that this was the first episode I recorded in the new studio too. I recorded this one before the last maybe three or four episodes. So if you are picking up any difference in the audio, that is why. In this conversation, Lauren shares how the early years of her career taught her to push through her imposter syndrome, how fostering and nurturing relationships with her clients has led to long-lasting mentorships, and of course the importance of listening to your body. You have been truly one of the most sought-after hairstylists in the country for quite some time, but I would love to go right back to the very beginning. What is your very earliest memory of beauty overall, not necessarily hair? Well, I grew up in a really small country town and honestly had no idea about beauty or hair. It just wasn't something that came naturally to me or that was a part of my daily life, although I probably wished that it was. So I would steal my sister's Dolly magazines every month and pour through them just Mm -hmm. to get any little bits of information that I could. Um, But I remember one day I was walking home from school and seeing there was a TV series being shot over the fence of my house, Mm -hmm. which was so random because my country town, like where I lived, was so small and isolated. So this was a really big deal for me. 
Anyway, I stood by the fence and watched this crew working and making this TV show and I was just instantly like, I don't know, I just instantly became obsessed with the glamorous, or Mm -hmm. not so glamorous, behind the scenes, um, what happens behind the scenes in film and television and that kind of got me really excited about beauty and movies and Hollywood and I always thought, well... In another life, like I would love one day to be a part of a team that creates something amazing like that. But it was definitely not on my radar in any way. It was, it was just a dream, really. So at that point, what did you think you might be when you grew up? I really wanted to be a psychologist. So really, uh, yeah. So after high school, I went and studied psychology for a little while. But I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. And it was very, um, I don't know how it really came together. Actually, no, I do know. <laughs> I was dating a boy <laughs> that was an apprentice. And mm-hmm. I thought at this point I was 21 and I was like, I've got to get this show on the road. Like my life, I need to like make things happen, you know. And because he was an apprentice, I thought, you've really got this thing sorted out. You know, like you're learning and you're working at the same time. Like if there was something I could do that was like that, mm then that would be really great for me. When I looked at apprenticeships, there was not much that really stood out to me, but hair kind of was a means to an end of just kind of trying to make up some lost time, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it was very very random and turn of events. Talk me through the trajectory from there. I think a lot of people look at beauty as an industry and think it's, you know, very glam, very glossy, but by my understanding... An apprenticeship in hair is about as hard as it gets. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's very hard. Like, I mean, in the beginning you're not really doing much hair and doing much stuff on the floor at all. But what I really loved about that time was an opportunity to learn how to communicate and connect with my clients. And even if it was just when I was washing their hair at the basin, was chatting to them about what they were doing with their hair that day or... um, what they were doing with their family or whatever and it just I think it taught me really important lesson of how to listen to what people want and what they what they're getting or what they're wanting out of their hair and it was it was very valuable really even though it was very hard work mm. at the time. I personally first became aware of your work when you were working with beautiful Olympia Valance mm-hmm. and Zoe Foster Blake, friend of the show. A couple of questions on this time because it seemed like those relationships or partnerships even kind of came to the fore at around the same time that we were all starting to use social media a bit more like the way that we use it now, using it for our business. Firstly, what did those relationships do for you as someone who is, I mean, essentially running a business? Well, initially it was, we became very good friends. I think when you spend a lot of time with someone in the chair and you're spending, you're in their personal space, you become quite quickly close and trusting of each other and good friends. But now, now that I'm launching a business, They've kind of become, I've been very fortunate that I can call a lot of them like my unofficial mentors in a way Mm. Um, because so many of them have experience in launching their own brands Um, and so for me to be able to call them a friend and text them late at night and be like, hey, 
for example, Zoe. Zoe's been amazing to me through for this. Like I can text her and say, what do you think about this ingredient or what do you think about using this or that? And she'll text me right back and give me advice on things or just things that I haven't done before and she's been able to share her experience. And so I've been very fortunate that the relationships I made and the friendships I made through hairdressing have been so valuable to me on so many levels. This might be a difficult question to kind of like remove yourself from and answer objectively, but what is it about, I was going to say about your approach to hair, but I guess with what you're doing, it's kind of your approach to those friendships and those relationships as well. What do you think it is about what you do that resonates with so many people? Because you weren't just working with Zoe and Olympia. They are loyal to you. I remember when Zoe was moving back up to Sydney, she did a post about all the things she's (laughs) going to miss most in Melbourne and she's like, who's going to do my hair? (laughs) Well, I think aesthetically it was that I had a really effortless vibe when I came to doing hair and I think people really appreciated that they didn't walk out of the salon feeling like they were really overworked and they still Mm. felt like them. But it was also the fact as being their hairdresser, I naturally really enjoyed sharing my knowledge and experience when it came to how to wear their hair at home or tips or tricks or different things or trends, things that I was enjoying. And we would share that back and forth. And I think that created a really big amount of trust between us and that's why, yeah, we were all very loyal and close to each other. Was there any strategy involved with getting your name out there on socials or did that just happen naturally? No, not at all. I think like when I started working at Edwards & Co, it was very early days for me on Instagram and I think it was more that like we all felt so excited to be working there and felt like we were a part of something really big that was changing the industry and we're all just so proud to be there and excited to be working in such a beautiful space that we were just making like we were there was high vibes around all the time and we just wanted to take photos of our work because we felt really good about what we were doing Mm. I think it was more about that you relocated to the US LA specifically in 2017 you assisted on shoots for Dua Lipa, Alicia Keys. You styled hair for brands like Kylie Cosmetics, Glossier, Rare Beauty, an insane resume. <laughs> what advice can you give to anyone who is trying to crack the industry over there? I think when I first – one of my first jobs over there, I walked in on set and I felt immediately intimidated by the confidence that – Americans naturally have that Mm -hmm. they're raised with and I think as Australians we don't necessarily get taught um, to confidently talk ourselves up Mm. and so for me I remember that day being thinking wow they're all a bit big for their boots aren't they like I don't know if I'm good enough to be here and I had to quickly learn how to back myself and I've had a moment where I thought well I've worked so hard to get here now I also need to work out a way that I feel comfortable with putting myself out there because in the beginning I didn't really feel very comfortable doing that Mm. Um, but I had to find a way to be able to do that because otherwise you'll get lost in the crowd Mm. so yeah learning how to put yourself out there I think that's probably true across 
multiple industries as well. It's imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really solid advice of, as well of thinking, okay, let's put this into perspective. I've worked to be here. Mm-hmm. Why would I doubt that? Yeah. You returned home to Australia in 2020, which is around the time that you started to formulate Robe. Mm-hmm. What was the initial idea behind the brand? What was the gap in the market that you were looking to fill? Well, I think after 16 years in the industry, I just never found a product that actively supported hair for my clients. Mm. And so even though there are so many beautiful products out there, they would offer a cosmetic clean finish, but nothing that would go beyond that. So I wanted something that I could confidently give my clients and would say, you know, a lot of my clients, all of them are women, were women. Um, And so hair concerns would be talked about like um, hair loss or shedding from like postpartum pregnancy hair loss, um, health issues, hormone issues, stress. After COVID, there was so many people coming Mm. in saying hair loss. Um, And so, and I also wanted something for myself because I, from my 20s onwards, I started having these um, bouts of excessive hair loss Mm -hmm. from stress. Um, And so I also wanted something, like I needed it. And so this because I couldn't find any product that would help me and then I couldn't like offer it to my clients either, I started investigating like natural ingredients that help Um, and I got really interested in Chinese medicine and natural medicine and Ayurveda and those philosophies have so much wisdom in them Mm -hmm. and so many amazing key ingredients that they have as part of their modality and I started trying those ingredients myself and then had really good results. So then I naturally would go back to the salon and share the information and say, Mm -hmm. okay, go to this website and, you um, you know, buy the CMOS or buy this and try this. But knowing from being in the industry for so long, I know, yes, you can ingest something and it will work. But it's if I had something with those ingredients that I could put topically on the hair... I know that that will be even more amazing. So Mm -hmm. it just made sense to me. So then from there, how did you go about finding the right manufacturer, starting to source the packaging, even coming up with the name? I feel like it's one thing to have the idea, but then there are so many steps involved with actually bringing that to life. Well, once again, I think I was able to ask a lot of my friends for advice like um, in the end I found a really great product development team in Sydney and that was through Jay Edwards Mm. you know so there's been a lot of um, everyone sort of supporting me in my idea and helping me um, bring it to life which has been really amazing. This work on Robe brings us to early 2022 I just want to hand over to you at this point talk me through it. Um, okay, well, 2022, so we came out of lockdowns in 2021 and we'd been closed in the salon for quite a few months and I had a lot of clients that I needed to catch up on. So Mm -hmm. I was really burning the candle at both ends, trying to do my best to catch up on the clients that I'd missed out on for so many Mm. um, appointments. I was working myself probably like crazy and ignoring the my body 
um, I started having some pretty intense migraines, which I'd had for probably they started when I was 15 or so. So it wasn't anything new mm. to me. But I'd kind of, being a bit of a workaholic that I am, had learnt my little formula of what I have to take when I notice I was getting a migraine, um, go and sit down for a minute and then get back out on the floor and continue. Like I would just push through. So when these migraines started um, intensifying, I honestly thought that I was just having, that my body was trying to say um, hairdressing might be becoming a bit hard on my body because I thought maybe I had a bulge disc in my neck or, you know, I also mm. had carpal tunnel and that's a pos- like another hairdressing injury. Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, hairdressing, it might need to, I might need to back up on my hours or something, but I can't right now. So it was kind of out of the question. So these headaches just wouldn't go away and I tried to book in for a scan and unfortunately also because of COVID there was a big backlog. Oh my God, of course. This didn't even cross my mind. So I had to wait quite a few weeks. Um, By this point I was in so much pain. Mm. It was really unbearable. So I took myself to the emergency and was diagnosed with a huge brain tumour. How does that diagnosis happen? So you go into emergency, I mean, do they listen? Because I feel like some Yeah, I had such an amazing experience, honestly. That's so good. When I think back to my time from the moment of being diagnosed, it was such a – I felt so safe um, and so looked after. Um, Basically, they they assumed that I was just going to get some painkillers and go home and sleep it off, but they thought – all right, well, now that you're here, let's do a scan. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I had a scan and they immediately took me back and the doctor was so lovely. He came and sat down next to me and I was so lovely with, with obviously it would be the worst thing to have to tell anyone. But it was incredibly surreal for me because my best friend, Sophia, had a brain tumour mm. only a few years before and I'd heard her story of her diagnosis so many times yeah. um, that when it was happening to me, it was such a surreal moment because I was just thinking, well, this can't happen to two best friends, so no. this can't be happening to me. It was mm. very, very surreal. Um, but from, uh, you know, I was, obviously there was an initial moment of going into shock of, hang on a minute, actually this is <laughs> happening to me. Um, and then I didn't have much time to really think about anything too much because I had to have surgery a day and a half later. Wow. Yeah, so my clients all had to basically get told, look, I don't know when I'm coming back to the to the salon um, and went in for surgery. Surgery was really successful, got uh-huh. the whole tumour out, but unfortunately it was um, turned out to be stage three cancer. So then I had to start treatment straight yeah. away. Yeah, so I started six weeks of radiation, which was incredibly intense. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors told me that the type of radiation that I was having was like the strongest machine that they have and that people or patients that usually use this, have their treatment with this machine, might have like one, between one and five sessions. Mm. I had to have 33. So oh my God. it was only a few weeks into that treatment that my hair started to fall out. Um, and then, yeah, by the time I'd finished the treatment, the doctor sat me down and said, look, we just need to manage your expectations here and just 
want you to know that we don't expect your hair will grow back mm-hmm. from the damage that the follicles have had from the radiation. And I, it didn't surprise me that they told me that. Like I had blisters all over my scalp and like it was, I looked a mess. Um, but it was obviously very devastating um, because for someone who had built their life thinking that hair was so important yeah. and then to be looking in the mirror at yourself and having no hair and then having a huge scar that then was going to be on show mm. for everyone was, yeah, it was a lot to process. I, I can only imagine how much that was to process. I did, I did want to ask, going back to what you were saying earlier about those early lessons on building relationships, people look at their hairdresser like their therapist. There is <laughs> so much trust placed in their hairdresser because for so many people it is so inextricably linked to their confidence. That's yeah. where that loyalty comes from. Did you have that attachment to it? I can imagine oh, yes, absolutely. given that was your your yeah. world. Yeah. I mean, I really was someone who felt like I wanted to hide behind my hair, even though my, you know, I just was something that made me feel comfortable knowing mm. that I could, I knew how to style hair, I knew how to wear it. it, was something that I was quite attached to. But I hadn't always had a really great relationship with my own hair because I was experiencing these bouts of excessive shedding. Um, I had a bit of a, I don't know, I wasn't always a, a big attachment to it, but it was once I'd started developing Robe, I was testing the products on myself for that 12 months mm. and my hair, for my whole life, I hadn't really had a great relationship with my hair, but at that point of my diagnosis was I was... I was like, I'm that, I've never been happy with my hair and now I can honestly feel like, wow, I really appreciate my hair for being fine. I, I, it's beautiful and I loved my haircut, I loved my colour, mm-hmm. the quality, the health of it was just incredible from using the Robe products mm. and so it made it very hard to watch it fall out into my hands, let me tell you. Yeah. Knowing how much work you had already put into Robe before, like up until this point... I can't imagine this treatment is particularly good for someone's energy levels, let alone, you know, where you're at mentally. At this point, were you even thinking about, like, will I go back to work? Will I go back to launching this brand? Or were you just literally taking it day by day? Honestly, Robe became kind of like my life raft, you know. Like, it was my whole life changed that day that my, my diagnosis and everything that I thought that made up my identity, like my career or my hair or my having a job to go to, all of those things were taken away from me or, you know, I yeah. no longer had them. And so robe was the one thing in my life that I had that kind of linked me or like made me feel like I know who I am and I have a purpose. Mm. Yeah. So I remember actually the night before my surgery, I called, I was feeling very calm and clear and I called my friend Brooke and I was like, now listen, I said, if anything is to happen tomorrow for me and I'm not able to finish and release Robe. Mm-hmm. Oh um, my God, the thought of being able to make this phone call calmly <laughs> is mind blowing to me, but we'll go on. <laughs> um, I said, you know what I'm, what my vision is and what I want and what I'm creating. I said, so if I'm not able to do it, 
I need you to promise me that you will step in and help my boyfriend, Tom, make sure that people get this product because there is so much positive intention behind the product Mm. and that's gone into it that I would be so devastated if it didn't get released. And she was like, okay, I'm like, it wasn't meant to be a morbid conversation, but it was just, I guess that was, it's, yeah, it just means the world to me. Well, Brooke hasn't had to step in. No. Let's, (laughs) Let's talk robe. What were your, I guess, learnings when you kind of went back to it? You've been told, you know, your hair may never grow back. You start trialling your own products on yourself. What happened next? So, I mean, I was starting from like there was no follicle, there was no hair, there was nothing going on. I had to wait until my scalp had healed from the radiation. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I started taking the hair booster, which is a gummy. I started with that. And then um, once my scalp had healed, I I made a product called the Tonic, which is basically a concentrated scalp treatment Mm -hmm. that is concentrated version of the active ingredients. So it stimulates um strengthens um yeah so it was everything that I needed Mm. um and even though I had nothing to you know spray it into it was basically just spraying it onto my skin I did it every day because I felt like okay well I'm putting this positive intention Mm. it'll work um but I wasn't holding my breath really um but shortly after I think it was about six weeks I started feeling and noticing that I had little tiny little hairs sprouting and so it was just oh the most God. exciting day for me to feel like I've been able to prove the doctors wrong, that mm. my products really genuinely are amazing. Yeah, and now, honestly, I've got my hair has never been this thick and healthy. It considering, looks beautiful. Thank you. Considering I'm still doing chemotherapy, the fact that my yeah. hair has been able to grow back during that is amazing. It's, it's a lot to realise at once, like, A, I've proved the doctors wrong. Yeah. B, these products that I have been agonising over for years mm. are working beyond anyone's expectations. Yeah. yeah, I'm very proud of them. As you should be. Thank you. This might be impossible to answer without giving away trade secrets, <laughs> but why do you think Robe worked where other products wouldn't? The formulas are really unique and they're also like because of the botanicals that are used in there they're very gentle and natural but they're very powerful so I don't know I mean I didn't ever try anything else that I only tried robe it just made sense to me that I had these samples I knew that Mm. they worked because I'd been using them before while I was when I had hair Um, and my hair had been the best that it had ever been so it was just a bit of a no-brainer but I don't know. There's some magic in there. <laughs> <laughs> so talk me through the range. You've mentioned the tonic and the gummies. Yeah. Talk me through the whole range. Okay. So there's the thickening range, mm-hmm. which is all about stimulating and promoting thicker hair, mm-hmm. strengthening as well. And then there's the lengthening range, which is all about promoting and maintaining longer hair. So if you're looking to grow your hair or if you already have long hair, mm-hmm. Um, It's really good for strengthening and growing your hair longer. And then there's the youthful range, which is stunning. It's Mm -hmm. um, really for people that might be noticing that their hair is showing signs of ageing. So if you're noticing greys. Also, as we get older, our hair tends to lose its natural radiance. So the youthful range is all about 
bringing back that beautiful shine and luster to the hair. Um, and then we have clean and finish, which I'm really proud of because there's nothing like it. It's unique to robe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cleansing treatment that also deposits texturizers into the hair. So it's made for people who have wavy hair that like to wear their hair naturally. Mm. So people that like to have a really minimal hair routine. So yep. they could literally drop out of the shower. It's already got texturizers Amazing. in your hair and anti-frizz. Um, so it will help encourage your hair to become to form its natural waves without any product added. Unreal. This might be a broad one, but I think because we have spoken so much about that link between hair and confidence, what is your goal with Robe and has that vision for the brand changed at all since you first conceptualised it? No, I think like the foundation of for me for Robe was kind of what hairdressing was to me which was all about me having being able to share my 16 years of hairdressing experience with people um and so robe is basically an extension of of that so Mm. I just want to help people as many people as I can to feel really good about themselves I'm glad you said help people because everything you've said I'm like this is going to – this is the stuff that can change people's lives. This can change someone's entire outlook on mm. where they're going. You're incredible. You have been part of the beauty industry for 16 years, the better part of two decades. Over the last, let's say, five or so years, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen within the beauty industry? I think COVID probably um, changed a lot of people's um, – ideas about natural beauty or embracing Mm -hmm. their natural beauty I think because um, we didn't have the opportunity to maintain our regular appointments so people became more accepting of seeing uh, I know when we were back in the salon after the lockdown it was people had inches of grey hair and instead of saying block it out, like get rid of it. It was more like, okay, how can I learn, like what's a way that we can colour this that's going to be more um, low maintenance or how can we camouflage the greys without covering them up? You know, people were more open-minded about embracing their natural uh, quirks or um, different parts of themselves. So um, I think and I hope that that sort of continues. I think that it will. I think people have a new appreciation for, for that sort of thing now. I've just been watching Liz Ellis on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and <laughs> she was talking a lot about embracing her grey hair and I'm like, yeah, she's the poster girl for it. What changes do you think we can expect to see from the industry over the next few years? I think now that we have so much information available to us and we're becoming so much more educated about what we're putting on our skin and on our hair that I think that people that will only increase over time and I think people will be fussier about what what goes on their hair and they want something that actually has an active benefit or they want to know what it's doing um yeah Mm, people are savvy yeah my final question the robe launch is it'll be probably upon us when this podcast comes out what's next (laughs) honestly I'm just excited to release robe out to the world I'm excited to hear people's feedback and hear what they 
think about the products and I mean I have hundreds of ideas of what else I'd like to do in the future but for now I'd like to hear what people want and what they need and then go from there. That was Lauren McKellar, founder of Robe Hair Care, which launches this week, which you can find on Instagram at Robe Hair Care. To read more, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast. And thank you for joining me. The Glow Journal podcast would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced. We pay our respects to elders past and present.